This is the Motion Church Podcast. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like more information about Motion Church, you can always visit our website at motionchurch.com. If you'd like to contribute to what God is doing here at Motion, you can do that at motionchurch.com forward slash give. We hope you enjoyed today's message. All right, what's up, everybody? That's not bad. It's not bad. Got to be thankful for the little things, right? Uh, that was that was a joke. Yeah, we're do, we're talking. We're doing a series, in fact, called Gratitude, the Table of Gratitude, to be to be more exact, more specific. Um, so I can't really, you know, talk about gratitude if I'm not grateful. So thank you for that that warm greeting, everyone. You did it because you know. No, I'm just kidding. So the, the joke is, if you're you're unfamiliar with, I was joking the other day, and I was like, wouldn't it be cool with this like new podium? If I had a gavel, I feel very official. And somebody put a gavel up here. It's y- y'all got to get this thing away from me. It's it's like a toy. And it's a shiny object, and I just perpetually stay distracted. Uh, but it's okay. Hey, so we're continuing our series this week called the Table of Gratitude. Now this is the time of the year where a lot of people. So this is one of the trends that I've kind of noticed the last few years on social media. This is. People will take, for example, uh, the, the whole month of November, and then each day in the month of November, they'll pick one thing that they're thankful for, and that's really cool. That's, that's a good thing, but I'm like, what about the rest of the year? Right. Are we just unappreciative the rest of the year? Or are we not thankful for the rest of the year? And I understand the exercise, but the, the goal here is to, to get this to not become something that we think about one time a year or, or a small part of the year, but something that is part of who we are, right? So gratitude is, is not a response to anything. Gratitude is a condition of our hearts. Gratitude is, is almost like premeditated, this is how I'm gonna respond regardless of what takes place in my life. And, and we tend to be so reactionary. Anybody else yeah. tend to be reactionary? <laughs> oh, cool, I'm the only one? Yeah. I'm reacting to what you guys are, right? I, I just, I, unfortunately, there are times where I, I live more reactionary versus being proactive. And, and so as it relates to, to gratitude, I think what we're, we're trying to get to, the place in our lives that we were, would like to be, is where we go into any and every situation with our mind already determined, our mind already made up what our response is gonna be. Whether the thing that happens to me is good or the thing that happens to me is what I would not consider good, I still have a premeditated decision that I'm going to be thankful to God who put me on this earth, who put breath in my lungs, who gave me a reason for being here, who I believe is still good. He's still God. Even if my circumstances are out of my control, they're not out of his control. It's a premeditated condition of the heart. So that's what gratitude is. And, and, and I think, again, we're kind of thinking this direction. So as it relates to gratitude, imagine that gratitude is a table. Now, specifically more like the tabletop. We all want to we want to get to the tabletop, but but you got to have the legs, right? You got to have the supports for the table to stand. And my, my attention is always drawn to the tabletop because that's where the food is. And I don't know I don't know how you feel about food, but food is is it? I mean, sorry, Shelly, but food may be the love of my life. No, I'm just kidding, <laughs> kidding. She knows. Just kidding, sort of, right? I love food, love food. And so with the tabletop, imagine that the tabletop is gratitude, right? Imagine this is where we're trying to get to. This is what we're interested in, but we do not get there without the legs, these supports. And so last week we talked about one of the the supports of gratitude is contentment. Like we have to have contentment in our hearts in order to have gratitude in our hearts. Think about it like this. You will never be content as long as there is contempt. 
But if, if you've got contempt in your heart, if you're dissatisfied with something, someone, some situation, it's very hard, very difficult to find contentment in that situation. And so we, we have to have contentment because contentment ultimately leads to gratitude. So this week we're going to look at another leg, but it's, it's almost like a two for one, right? It's, it's kind of, it's the same leg, but it's two sides of the leg, if that makes any sense whatsoever. So it's kind of like a, like a double leg. I don't know. Uh, so let's talk about the, the, the leg or support today for gratitude is awareness and perspective. Awareness and perspective. So I think those are, those are two unique ideas, but they also kind of fall under the same umbrella or the same kind of you know, category of vision. The way that you see, the way that you perceive, the way that you process, and ultimately the way that that affects your life. So, so awareness and perspective. So let's kick it off by looking at awareness. Awareness, if you could put kind of a, a tagline to it, a byline, a, a basic explanation of what awareness is for the sake of our conversation, we'll say, I see it. Somebody say, I see it. I Have you ever seen something that was there the whole time and then just for whatever reason you finally decided to see it or your brain finally gave it the attention that it needed and you saw it even though it was there the whole time? I think this is a really simple concept. It's like the things that we're looking for or the things that we should be looking for are there. Sometimes we just don't have the awareness. We don't have the I see it moment, right? So gratitude, now this is just my opinion. Actually, it's not my opinion. This is, I think this is kind of backed up scientifically, probably even biblically, hopefully, right? <laughs> gratitude is, I don't think gratitude is something we come by naturally. I don't think there's this, this kind of, you know, hardwired or, or predetermined thing going on in our hearts and our lives and our minds. It's like, hey, I'm just going to be a person who is very thankful and appreciative. I think by default, kind of, again, kind of our, our natural state is that we tend to be more selfish. We tend to tend to be more entitled. And so because of that, we're less thankful for the things that happen to us because we assume that we deserve what we got. And then the truth is, if we deserve, if we got what we deserve, see, we think we deserve what we got, but if we got what we deserve, we would not be happy with what we actually deserve, right? And so gratitude is not something I think we come by naturally. It's something that we have to learn. It's something that not only do you have to learn it, but then you've got to practice it and you've got to continue to practice it. And, and I don't think you ever arrive, right? You never, you never reach the final destination as it relates to gratitude. It's something that, that for the rest of our lives, we should be in pursuit of. And so that being the case, we have to be aware in order to be grateful. And, and this is just such a, a simple kind of logical exercise here, right? You can't, you can't see the right thing or you can't think about the right things if you're not seeing the right thing. So it all starts with, you've got to see the right things. If you see the right things because you are, you're aware, you're intentional, you're looking, if you're seeing the right things, then you start to think about the right things. Doesn't it, doesn't it seem so fascinating that we have such a hard time reconciling this? It's like, oh, well, I just can't stop thinking about so-and-so or such-and-such. And yet all we do is look for this you know, particular thing that lends itself to this other thing, and we're so shocked when this thing connects to that thing, right? I just, I wish my life wasn't full of so much anxiety and chaos and turmoil and drama, and yet all we look for is chaos and turmoil and drama. And it's amazing that that's all that we think about when that's all that we're looking for. So if you're not aware of the right things, then you won't be thinking about the right things, which ultimately means that you won't have this, this proper amount of gratitude, appreciation, in your hearts. So, so it's, let's kind of make this more, let's, let's hit all of the senses here, right? You see it, 
I don't think thinking is a sense because we ain't got no sense because we don't, right? I thought that was funny. You guys didn't think it was funny. That's fine. You just didn't see it the right way. I'll stop, I'll stop, I'll stop. So, so you see it, our goal is to see the right things so that we think about the right things. And what we're trying to get to ultimately, I think, is a feeling, right? It's, it's our response to us being aware of what God has done and seeing the things that he's made available to us and done for us and then thinking about those things. And as a result of thinking about those things, we have a heart that's filled with gratitude. And so gratitude is, is not natural. And, and as a result of that, or maybe, you know, it's the chicken or the egg, which came first. I don't think awareness is something that we're naturally inclined to either in, in terms of being aware of the right things. I think awareness, like some people are hyper aware. You're just aware of the wrong things. In fact, th there is like, we've given language to this. Like one of the, the phrases or expressions that we've kind of we've put in play as it relates to seeing the wrong things and, and paying attention to the wrong things. Have you ever heard the expression? It's like watching a train wreck in slow motion. It's a whole expression, right? And it's like, I, I see that there's this bad thing that's taking place. In fact, it's not just taking place like quick, it's taking place very slowly and I still cannot take my eyes off of it because I'm inclined to, I'm drawn to, I'm looking for negativity. I'm looking for bad things. I'm looking for drama. And, and so here's a more scientific explanation of what that is. And so this is what it says. This is, this is somebody who has much more experience on the subject uh, than I do. It says the human brain has a natural tendency. I mean, they may have more scientific experience, but I got real life experience with this stuff, right? You do too. In fact, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that to you. So the human brain, this is what it says. The human brain has a natural tendency to give weight to negative experiences or interactions more than positive ones. It, ain't that the truth, right? That the, the human brain has a natural tendency to give weight. We, we give more time, attention, energy, and focus to the negative things that take place versus the positive things that take, take place. It says psychologists refer to this as negativity bias and it causes people to focus on one bad thing in a mountain of good things anybody else offended by that statement like because that i do this sometimes right like things will be good but just one thing is off or one thing's not right or that one word that somebody said in spite of all the other good things that somebody said i just tend to focus on the one negative bad thing in spite of all of the good things that are available to be looked at, focused on, and being aware of. And so it kind of makes me think about in Philippians chapter four, there's a passage that I believe that, that is very kind of attuned to what it is that we need to be thinking about ultimately as a result of what we're looking for, right? This is what it says, Philippians chapter four, verses six through nine. It says, do not be anxious about anything. I'm trying. It says, do not be anxious about anything but in everything, by prayer and pleading with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Okay, what we do, two, two thoughts on that, that passage, and we're going to spend more time in this, this passage next week, actually. actually, It says, do not be anxious about anything. In spite of the fact that we've got this, this kind of warning, this idea that we don't have to be anxious about anything, we are anxious about everything. And then, so the second thing that is very interesting in this, this particular verse is that this proves to me that Thanksgiving is God's favorite holiday. It's in the Bible. Christmas is not in the Bible. The word Christmas is not in the Bible, right? 
Fourth of July is not in the Bible. Thanksgiving is right there in the Bible. So it's God's favorite. I'm just kidding. No, I'm not, actually. I, I firmly believe that. So this is what it says. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and pleading with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Jesus. Finally, this is verse 8. This is where we're trying to get to. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, think about these things. As for the things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. So verse, verse eight of that passage tells us that, hey, what you need to be looking for, what you need to be thinking about is, are these things, things that are true, lovely, noble, pure, commendable, excellent, worthy of praise. So these are what you need to think about, but I don't believe that we can think about it if we're, we're not very intentionally looking for it. You don't think about what you don't look for. So our response, our thinking about something, our dwelling on something is a response to us seeing it, looking for it. And when it happens, we identify it. And because we've identified it, now we can start to think about it. And when you start to think about it, it starts to kind of become part of the way that not only you thought about it at one time, but it starts to become part of the way that you think in general, right? It's, it's part of who you are at that point. So we're told very clearly in God's word to think about things that are here. This is the list. We're going to go through it. Think about things that are true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, and worthy of praise. Let me ask you a question. And it, this is, this is a question for all of us. Are these the prominent thoughts in your head? Is this what you think about more than maybe all of the other things that you think about, things that are true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, or worthy of praise? Or do you think more about like things that are bad, things that are negative, things that, you know, that aren't going your way, the difficult circumstance that you find yourself in, the thing that people are saying, the, the, the chaos that's going on around us and all the drama that we see in the world that, that at large, right? Is that what the, the vast amount of, because I'm, I'm convinced, especially kind of in the, the age that we're in, all of the information that people are presenting to us, by and large, I would say for the most part, is just negative, right? They know that we have this negativity bias. They know that we're drawn to, we're inclined. Our default is negative. So if they, they feed us negative, they know that, that we're like light or the, the, the flies that are attracted to the light. Y'all remember, was it, what was the, what was the, the animated film with, he's like, don't look at the light. And he's like, I can't help it. It's so beautiful. This is, yeah. right? And, and I feel like that's how we are. It's like, I know that I don't need to be giving all of this attention to this thing that's negative or this person that's negative or this situation that's negative, but I can't help it. It's so interesting. Yeah. Maybe that's what we need. We need, we need to start shocking each other. And I think that would help us to, to maybe focus more on the things that we're supposed to see rather than all of the drama, right? So, so in order to think about these things, we have to be aware of these things. Again, you don't think about what you're not aware of. It's kind of like Waldo. Y'all remember Waldo? The, the Where's Waldo books? Yeah. Waldo, he's a character. I mean, you got to think about it. Waldo's got this striped shirt, striped shirt, black and white striped shirt, shirt, shirt. Shirt is a very difficult word for me to say. He's got some, he's a hipster. 
He's got his, oh, is it red and white? Oh, whatever. It's, it's awareness. That's what you see. It's not what I see. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so, so, okay, Waldo's, so it's been a long time. I know he's got a striped shirt on, okay? And I know he's got a hipster beanie and glasses. Waldo's a G. And so here's what we learn about Waldo. Waldo's always there. You just have to look really hard for Waldo. He's there. And, and what they do to try to detract from your ability to find Waldo is they add all of the chaos, right? And all of these different things and all of these things that look like the things and all of these, it's like misdirection, right? And so to find Waldo, you got to look really hard sometimes. And I think, I think being aware of the good things that are taking place in our life are kind of like that. Sometimes you got to look really, really hard, but he's there. It's Waldo's there. It's there. You understand what I'm we used to, my kids used to love the Waldo books. So we had a couple of them and they would cheat. They would go through and they would memorize where he is. So when their friends came over, they would flip the page and be like, oh, there he is. There he is. There's Waldo, right? Right. So one of, one of their friends came over one time and they were, they were at it. And, and so finally he was like, get away. I know you cheated. And so he wanted to look at the Waldo book. And so he, he was doing it. And so he found Waldo and his response was the greatest response in the entire world. He didn't like freak out. He's like, there's Waldo. He's like, there you go. Yeah. And he's like this kind of like, you know, childish raspy voice. He's like, there you go. Yeah. I wish I could have recorded that moment. It was the best. So, so I think finding these good things, being aware of these good things is kind of like that, right? It takes, it takes some energy, it takes some time, and it takes some effort. But we don't, have to, we don't have to try to do the whole thing all at one time. We can start with awareness by, doing, by being aware of the small things, looking for little things to be thankful for and appreciative of. Let me go through kind of a list of things that maybe that we should see as things to be appreciative of. What about a smile? I love it. Here's what's, I'm such a hypocrite. I love when people smile. I'm just like, oh, that's, they make me so happy. I, I just, but I don't smile a lot, right? It's just, it's not fair. I like when you smile, but it doesn't mean that I want to smile. Okay, okay, right? But I'm so thankful for it. It's a little thing that we can see that, that, that and here's what I, and I don't know, like maybe there's, there's way more going on here, but I just, I generally believe that the smile is a connection to the heart, right? That something good is going on in somebody's heart, therefore they smile, and that just makes me happy. That's something that I'm thankful for, is that you can see the goodness going on in somebody else's life. So a smile, what about a sunset? Like this is a random list, so don't expect any order to, to any of this. This is just a list of things that I was thinking about that we can be, we can, these little things that we can, now, although a sunset's not a little thing, I mean this massive burning ball of gas is, setting around this glow you know what i mean like all of these crazy things are going on but it's a little thing for us because this is what we do things that happen with regularity we tend to take for granted and we don't see the good in them that we should see in them so so a sunset you know day after day right sun up sun down sun up sun down but it doesn't mean that it's not something that we can't be appreciative of what about this one a cool breeze now look, some of y'all have y'all have transitioned very quickly into fall. That's fine. So, so, I noticed last night that uh, there was a line about three miles long to get into Santa Land, and I'm like, I don't like any of you people that are. It's too soon for all of that. So we've already transitioned, but some of y'all have already forgotten that that we we just escaped hell. We just got out of an inferno. We just like August in in East Texas. Like, it's brutal, right? And so when there's, like, this cool breeze, oh, 
Man, that's something to look for. That's something to be thankful for. That's something to see as a good thing. What about, what about a kind word? When somebody says something, like you gotta have people in your life that just gas you up. Cause there are enough people in your life who are gonna light the fire, right? But that you need people that just build you up. You need people who just, just have a way of saying the right thing at the right time. Uh, and there are other people in your life who just can't ever seem to say anything quite right. So you need people that will say a kind word. And we, we live, I think we have such a hard time complimenting people, probably because of our own insecurity. But man, just, just tell people, tell them, well, appropriately. This one's, this one, be careful, right? But you got, like with, with girls, if y'all come up to each other and you're like, oh, you look so good. Have you lost weight? Stop, right? Don't do that with guys. Like, if you're a dude, don't ask another dude, hey, man, you losing weight? It's so disrespectful. I'm like, no, I'm not trying to anyway. Like, it's, it's, that's the, the most insulting thing that you can say to a guy, especially at the gym. He's like, bro, you trimming up? I'm like, no. It's, anyway, uh, guys, guys are the only ones that understand that. And y'all didn't respond like I hoped you would, so I don't know if you do understand that. I've talked to a lot of people, and it's very offensive. Stop doing that. So, so a kind word. What about this one? What about somebody holding a door open for you? I think that is such a, it's a small thing, right? But it's something that we can see that, hey, man, there is decency. There are people who are aware of other people, and they see the needs of other people, and they anticipate the needs of other people, and they do that. So I, in response to that, I'm going to be aware of their awareness, and I'm going to be thankful. The changing leaves. Again, I know we, we've transitioned quickly here in terms of, of seasons, and, and this is not to be like weird or, or, you know, I don't know, people, you can go too far with this, like Mother Earth. I'm like, how about God who created it, right? And, and so, but, but I think that in creation, you see God's creative ability. You see God's unique design. You see God's, his attention to beauty and detail, right? And so one of the, the things that we get to see with these changing seasons are these, these beautiful trees that are changing colors. And it's such a fantastic thing. And we can see that. And we can see that it's a good thing. And it can change our perspective. What about a meal to enjoy? Mm. You know, probably one of the, the biggest mistakes that we made as a church when we started the church was putting our church right next to a Mexican restaurant. Y'all didn't think so. Well, I did. Because this is what I've noticed. Through the years, through the years, about, it's 11.47 right now, if anybody's looking at their clocks. About 12 o'clock, it's, it's like the fajita smell starts to roll through. And people are like, Bro, you better wrap this thing up. I had somebody pull out a fork from their purse one time. It's like, in Jesus' name, amen. Just getting a meal to enjoy. It's such a good thing that we can be thankful for. How about people to enjoy it with? Like, I don't mind eating. Shelly thinks it's the weirdest thing in the world when people eat alone. I, I don't mind. Look, I mean, generally, I'm there for the food. The people are a bonus, right? But people to enjoy the food with is, is a fantastic thing as well. What about a car that starts? You ever gotten in your car and it's like the click, 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 click? Oh, man, that's a good way to ruin the day. But so being on the flip side, so if it's something that would completely ruin our day if it didn't start, why is it something that makes our day when it does start like it's supposed to? What about an amazing church? Something to be thankful for, right? Some, something that I can see that I, I have this church, these people that I'm doing life with, that I'm, I'm going through my life with, that I'm experiencing the highs and the lows and the ups and the downs with, and they're there and they care and, and, and all of those things. It's something to, to, to be aware of, to be thankful for. What about this? This is very selfish football. I'm just so thankful. I see it. Dadgummit, I see it, right? So I can be thankful. I can be thankful for it. Um, 
What? Oh, was that Titus? Boy, pay attention. I guess you are, technically. Uh, if you're, if you're a co how many college football fans do we have? How many football fans do we have? What's wrong, what's wrong with the rest of y'all? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, if you're a college football fan, like me, one of my buddies texted me this morning, he was, and it's probably the best news I've heard in a really long time, is when a coach for your team that you don't like gets fired. Like, I, look, I don't want to see anybody unemployed, but this guy's laughing all the way to the bank, so see ya, right? And I'm so thankful for that, because maybe we'll get somebody here who's got a brain and knows what to do. I'm thankful for it. It's these little things that we can see and, and be thankful for. I, I think you get the point, right? Gratitude and, and aware. So gratitude comes from, from awareness. We, we are grateful because we are aware of the things that we have to be grateful for. And it doesn't have to be the big things. We can start with the small things. Start small. So that's, that's awareness, which is, again, I see it. Perspective, on the other hand, is this is how I see it. So awareness, I think about it in terms of just kind of like this process, right? Awareness is I see it because I'm looking for it. I know that I'm supposed to look for things that are good, true, lovely, noble, noble pure, commendable, all of those things. So, so now I start to look for it. And as I start to look for it, I start to find it. And as I start to find it, I look for it more because I found it. And so I kind of create this cycle. I create habits in my life. I create not just habits, but those habits become my lifestyle. So now I have a lifestyle of looking for things to be appreciative of and looking for things to be thankful for. And so then we get to from, from awareness to perspective where we go from I see it to this is how I see it. Because I've been looking at it like this for so long, I'm now convinced that this is how I'm supposed to look at it. My preaching was probably better than your amen in, in that moment, but it's okay. Do not. Do not make me brush this thing out. So this is what perspective is. It's, it's this is how I see it. Let me give you kind of a, a, a better understanding of this, hopefully. So anytime that you have a conversation with somebody who is convinced that they are right, the way that they see things is right, the way that, that they understand and process information, and, and again, what we would call their worldview, once you have a conversation whose worldview with someone whose worldview is firmly established, let me ask you a question. Do, how effective are you at changing their mind? Right? Like how many, how many back and forths have you seen where these people, two people firmly convinced, just get into a yelling match, but nothing, nothing is actually accomplished as a result of it. Why? Because that this is how I see it. This is their perspective. This is their worldview. And so coming from a worldview of gratitude, because I've been looking for these things that are good, things to be thankful for, what happens is you, so you establish this worldview and then anomalies don't determine or affect your worldview. Yeah, bad things may happen, but I've been so focused on the good things that the bad things aren't gonna affect my belief that good things are happening, yeah. right? And, and so what you've done is you've created this lifestyle, you've created an attitude, a way of living and being that isn't affected by the negativity in the same way that it would be otherwise. Right. And what's not fair about this is like we don't just start. We don't start at a zero. Right. Where you could go or, or you know, a center line where you could go positive or negative. We, we start with a negative inclination. We start with kind of this, this tendency, again, this negative negativity bias where we're just we're more inclined to we're more prone to negativity. But as, as over the course of time, you become aware and then you have a different perspective, I think you can flip the script, right? Romans chapter eight, verses five through eight. As it relates to perspective, I think that perspective 
choosing to have the right perspective is a very spiritual decision. It's not something, I don't think it's something you come by naturally. I think it's something that you choose and, and as a result of choosing it, you can choose you know, the way, the path that God has in store for you. This is what it says in Romans chapter eight. It says, those, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. So you've got these, these two competing, these two opposing ideas, belief systems, ways of operating. And so what we, we decide is we have to choose which of these two we're going to pursue, which of these two we're going to you know, make part of the way that we operate, the way that we do our lives. So as it relates to perspective, think about it like this. My perspective can be one of two things. I can have a fleshly perspective, I can have a worldly perspective, or I can have a spiritual perspective. Right. And I think it's pretty clear which of the two we should choose. Yeah. So continue on. It says, the mind governed by the flesh is death. Oh, which one did you choose? Let's, go, let's back up. Which one is, so the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. It seems to me that you kind of the, this, this weird, not, not to be like, you know, funky or mystical or whatever, but we talk about these things in, in society, like the law of attraction, like you attract what you are. And, and so I think with negativity, it's like, well, if you're just negative, what do you think you're going to attract? And I don't even think that it's that. I think it, it's whatever you focus on is what grows. And so if all that it is, all that, it is that you're looking for is negative, all that it is that you're going to see is negative. And so then you kind of just create this, this world of negativity. And, and in reality, what we should be doing, according to scripture, is looking for these good, true, noble, just, lovely things. And because we're looking for those, the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. That's what it is that we are in pursuit of. So continuing verse 7, it says, the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. I think that's, a, that's such a strong statement, right? Those who are in the realm of the flesh, those who choose to do what the flesh wants to do, as opposed to what it is that God wants them to do, cannot please God. Now, I know what we, we prefer societally is that we want God to be, we want Jesus to be a hippie. Y'all, right? Y'all have not thought about this? New information. I'm sorry, I'll bring it to you. But I think a lot of people just, they want God that is love. I'll give you a perfect example of this. The, the numbers are, are staggering and overwhelming. What percentage of the United States, for example, according to a poll, believe in heaven? Overwhelming. I think it's somewhere around 90% of Americans believe that there is a heaven after we leave this place. Much less of them believe that there is a hell. Right? So it's like, that's so weird to me. How could you believe in one and not the other when they are kind of generally associated together? It's like, well, I believe in, I believe in light, but I don't believe in darkness. Although the light is really only evident as a result of the darkness. Right. So it seems so interesting, right? But, but it's because we want God to be good and nice and loving and kind. And, and we don't like this idea of a God who has a standard. We don't like the idea of this God who has expectations for us or a, you know, a lifestyle that he anticipates for us to live. And so the problem with this is it's such flawed thinking because let me ask you a question. As a parent, if you're a parent or if you plan on being a parent, do you, because you love your kids, do you have no expectations for them? Do you have no standards for them? And do you place no responsibilities on them? Or as a parent, 
because you love them, you have a standard for them, probably a high standard. Yeah. Like, and I th think about it in terms of dating. Let's say you got a you know, teenage daughter or son and they bring some little boy or some little girl up in the house and, and they don't meet your standards. Are you cool with that? You're just gonna let it slide? Shelly ain't. <laughs> I'll just tell you straight up. Like Shelly's like, I need to know who your mama is. I need to know what kind of family you come from. I need to, do you know who Jesus is? To, do, not, not, I don't care if you go to church. I don't care if you've been to church. I don't care if your daddy's a preacher. Boy, you could come in this church. You could come in this house speaking in tongues. I need to know, do you know who Jesus is? Because if you mistreat one of my kids, you finna go meet him. These are the conversations that happen in my house. Because... We have high standards for our kids because we love them. God loves you. And because he loves you, he has a high standard for you. And so the standard as it relates to perspective is having a, a spiritual perspective, seeing things the way that Jesus would see things so that we can respond to things the way that he would respond to things. Instead of this fleshly perspective where we just see all of this drama and all of this negativity, you know what? Look, I'm going to get real offensive and real personal. Like TV, for example. One of the things that, that just absolutely blows me away is that we are, we are drawn to this dumpster fire called television. And we just keep coming back. All of it is drama. In fact, they know that, that because of our, in, our tendency or inclination towards negativity, they give us negativity and we keep coming back for the negativity and we just, uh, we're just addicted to the negativity so we continue to watch, like the 24 hour news cycle is filled with all of this negativity and we complain about the negativity but we keep going back to the negativity and we just can't seem to get away from the negativity and it is choosing a path of the flesh and what the flesh desires. What about another one? I'm, I'm just gonna offend everybody while we're at it. Um, Reality TV. First off, oxymoron. Ain't nothing real about it. It's all scripted. It's all planned. And it, it's all very intentionally curated based on our, our deficient, our psychologically deficient state of being, right? Like, like we're so, is that, is that an offensive enough way to say that? that like, here, let me, let me say it. Like, for, if you're from East Texas, we so dumb that we watch all this nonsense and think it's, it's supposed to create anything good in our lives. And in reality, it creates nothing good in our lives because it's not the things that we're called to be focusing on. All right, everybody offended? Yeah. Can we move on from this moment? All right, so, so the point is, have a spiritual perspective. Choose to look for the things that are good. The spiritual perspective, what the Spirit wants is for us to do what it says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Whatever is lovely, pure, just, noble, commendable, Focus on these things. I think that having the right perspective is a very spiritual decision, but it is not one that comes with a white flag. So, so imagine that, that, again, in your life and in my life, there's this battle that's being fought. There's this war that is being raged between our spirit and our flesh, our spirit and our flesh, constantly at tension, at enmity, at conflict, right? So the flesh, when you choose, to, if you decide from this day forward, I'm going to have a spiritual mindset. I'm going to have a spiritual perspective. I'm going to look for the good. Let me tell you what doesn't happen. The flesh doesn't come in and start waving a white flag. But you know what? You're right. Let me step out the way. I, I want you to succeed. I want you to do well. That is not in any way. The, the flesh is relentless. The flesh is, is constantly in pursuit 
of domination of your life. And so we have to choose which side of the battle we want to be on, whose team it is that we want to be on. So, so choosing the spiritual side, choosing the spiritual perspective, I believe is the only way that we can fully embrace the life that God has for us. So in Romans chapter eight, these, these passages that we've read, it talks about the spirit and the flesh and which one of those that we should choose. And in just a few verses further down, it says this, Romans chapter eight, verse 28, it says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So here's what I think. So, so this is very much centered around and related to perspective because it doesn't say that God works all these good things out in your life. It says that God works all things for your good. And that is determined solely by the perspective that you have. And in Romans chapter eight, verses 38 and 39, it says this, for I'm convinced that neither death nor life, again, the only way for your perspective to rise above your current circumstances is to choose a spiritual perspective. Yeah. That I trust that God is good, regardless of what I go through. I trust that God has a plan, even if it, it's not exactly how I planned it. I trust that God's timing is right, even if it's not when I would do it. Because my, my timing and God's timing are never, we, we haven't synchronized our watches yet. But what I've also noticed is that he's a lot better at this than I am. Because if things happen when I wanted to have them, I probably would just butcher the whole thing. Whereas God has a perfect timing to, to unveil and to you know unravel and to build. And it, it's not always good, right? It's not always good as we would perceive good. So there, there's a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to build up and a time to tear down. So sometimes it's not the thing that we want, but it's the thing that we need, but it's always the time that we need it. I'm gonna write that down for personal consumption later, right? So, for I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor present, nor the future, nor any powers. Do you see the kind of the, the, the comparison here, right? Death or life, angels or demons, present or future, height or depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. The only way that I believe that we, we essentially rise above the circumstances that we're in, the only way that we have this, this perspective, the right perspective of the things that we go through, regardless of what we go through, death or life, angel or demon, height or depth, the only way that we get above that is to choose to have this spiritual perspective. And the spiritual perspective is, I'm gonna look for the good. I'm gonna be aware of these things to be thankful for in my life. I'm gonna be focused on the things that are lovely and just. We're gonna, we're gonna wrap up, in fact, by reading that list one more time. This is what it says. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true. So if somebody's lying, stop listening to them. Y'all know, know that I, I've done this. I know that you have never done this, but I've done this. I've listened to people who give faulty, shady information, and I've still invested some energy in listening to what it is that they had to say, even though I probably knew dang well and good what they, what they were saying was not true. I know that you have never done that. So whatever is true, whatever is honorable, what, so the opposite of that would be whatever is dishonorable. So if somebody is coming to you, telling you all these bad things about somebody else, that is not honorable. That is in fact dishonoring. Whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence or anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Think about these things. 
Have you seen the, the crazy perspective pictures? That it's like because of like angles and depths, it just kind of maybe throws throws everything off. Have y'all seen? Nobody else has seen those. Um, listen, I'll give you guys a pass this week, but next week I need you to come in with with kind of a little more. When I ask a question, you can throw out a response. We can have a conversation. It'll be fantastic. So on these these perspective pictures here. Matter of fact, we pull one up. Let's let's do this. All right. So y'all seen something like this? So. Isn't that cute, little bunny? Do y'all know the, this is weird. Y'all know there's a thing is, uh, called meat rabbits? Some people eat these things. Like, it's just strange. I know. Cute little bunny, right? So, so we're looking at it. This is the way that we see it. But when you change the way that you look at things, you change the way things look. When you change the way that you look at things, you change the way that things look. Now, do y'all see the duck with its beak? I mean, it's probably not anatomically correct. But we can all kind of get the idea because we changed the way that we looked at things. We changed the way that things look. If you start to change the way that you look at the situations and the circumstances and the people and the things that are going on in your life, then you change the way that they look. Maybe if, if you just, you y'all got anybody dog lovers? Any dog lovers in the room? Any cat lovers? So sad for you. Uh, so dog lovers, you'll know this. Like when they're, they're curious, what do they do? What if we did that? What if that was our response to the things that happened? What if we just just change our perspective a little bit? Change the way that we look at things, because when we change the way that we look at things, we change the way things look. I was looking at it, and, and at first glance, it seemed like something that was going to be hard, something that was going to be bad, something that was going to be difficult. And, and, and maybe all of that, is, that stuff is true, but I'm going to change the way that I look at it. And when I change the way that I look at it, I'm going to see how God can use this thing, this difficulty, this adversity, this drama, this negativity. I'm not going to focus on that aspect of it. Instead, I'm going to look at it differently so that I can see it differently. I can apply it differently. And I can see how God would use this thing that I'm about to go through or that I am currently experiencing. It's all about perspective. And the perspective is informed by what we are aware of. There, there was one more of these perspective pictures have y'all seen these? And, and so what is it? It's like how, how close you get to something determines the way that you see it, right? So the lens is obviously closer to the person in the foreground and the people in the background are further away. And as a result of that, it kind of creates this optical illusion. And I think what we do in our minds sometimes is we create these optical illusions where we make our problems so much bigger than our God. Yeah. And the reality is if we would get a little closer to him, we would see our problems in the, the background, but we would see God in the foreground. We would recognize that he's bigger, he's better, he's stronger, he's smarter, he's got a good plan. I'm not denying that I've got some problems. I'm not denying that there are some things off in the distance that I'm going to have to deal with, but it's okay because the God who was with me through the death or the life or the angels or the demons or the present or the future or the powers and the height and the depth, none of these things in all of creation are going to be able to separate me from him who loves me through Jesus Christ. And that's what perspective is all about. Looking at the right things, seeing the right things, finding the right things, changing the way we look at things so that we can change the way things look. So what I want to do this morning, I'm going to, I'm going to go back to that list one, as we say, one more time again. Because I just, I, I hope and I pray 
And, and I just, I beg that we get this, that I get this, that we get this in our minds so that we can, we can live this out, that we choose the spiritual perspective, that we choose not to continue on with these fleshly observations, thoughts, and the way that ultimately that all reflects out in our life. This is what it says. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Let me pray for us. Jesus, thank you so much for placing in our lives and in our worlds so many things to see and to be appreciative of and to be thankful for. God, kind of the, the list that we ran down, God, a smile, a sunset, God, the, the gentle breeze, somebody holding the door open, God, all of these things, little things that, that we see hints of you, our creator. We see hints at the beauty and the wonder with which you've created the world, God, and that it gives us a larger perspective that even if we're going through something that's, that's challenging, it's difficult, God, we just remember that you are the God who created all, that you are the God who is still in control of it all, that you are the God who has a plan for each and every person in this room, that you are the God who has a standard that you called us to live by, and you will help us if we choose to follow that path. Jesus, I pray that, that you would just help us to be more aware of these good things, these lovely things, these pure things that you've placed in front of us, and that that would change our perspective, that that would determine how we see the world, that that would inform our worldview. And once our mind is made up, God, there is nothing on this earth that can separate us from that. Jesus, help us to live like this, to choose to see you in everything, to follow you, to be close to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.